Hi, welcome to the second podcast episode of Common Energy's Zero Waste Team. I'm your co-host, Jenny. And I'm your co-host, Monique. For today's podcast, we are delighted to have Mark Wandler, the CEO of Sustainable, a business that is revolutionizing the way we view food waste. Thank you for joining us today, Mark. It's a pleasure to have you as our guest. Would you like to give us a brief introduction into your business and what makes it sustainable? Absolutely. Thanks uh, for having me, Monique and Jenny. And uh, so, yeah, it's sustainable. The easiest way to put it is we turn beer waste into baked goods and baking mixes. Um, big reason why we do this is because food waste is becoming an increasingly huge topic. Um, I discovered it during my MBA at UBC. And one of the most unique things is that barley itself. So the breweries, just like the whole industry has taken off uh, prior to COVID and we're seeing massive growth. And so that byproduct alone globally is about 3% of food waste. So looking at one byproduct being that much food waste was pretty intriguing. So we have one input. What we do is we rapidly dehydrate it, mill it, and turn it into a flour. That's both healthy for the environment, but also healthy for people because it's high in fiber, high in protein, and low in sugar. And that's the base of the entire business. That's really cool. Um... That's really interesting that you're able to take that product and make it into something else completely without like being so wasteful. Um, is there anything specific that influenced your decision to create a sustainable business like Sustainable? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty funny because um, I just like the fact that there's two huge problems we're addressing with one simple solution. So I actually came to UBC and moved out to Vancouver from Calgary, Alberta, um, in pursuit of an MBA that had a lot more focus on kind of the future, the future health of the planet, but also the future health of like people. And so my background is both in operations at a major airline, WestJet. And at the same time that I was doing that, I also worked with Alberta Health Services for seven years. And I worked um, in an, a pilot project that serve to try and prevent childhood obesity, as well as I worked with people with chronic health conditions. Uh, a majority of those were diabetics. And so when I came across this byproduct um, and basically this problem in general, which was introduced by a colleague of mine at the MBA, and he just posed the question for one of our classes, like what could we possibly do with this byproduct? Because it's a big problem for breweries in Vancouver. And so my, for me, it was like just a light bulb went off in my head. The fact that this could be both a solution to sustainability and the fact that it was addressing food waste, but also was a huge solution for um, one of the big problems with diabetes is that yes, we eat too much sugar and that's part of the reason that's causing it, but it's also a lack of fiber. So it's finding that balance. So the fact that it was two huge problems that could be solved with one solution really is what kind of motivated me to, to jump on it. And, and they're huge problems. So if you can find the solution, there's a lot of economic potential too. Yeah, that's amazing that you're able to find um, a way to create both of these. And um, is there any reason why you chose bakery items specifically or? Yep. So one of the reasons we started with baked goods is as we were kind of um, putting out the flour, one of my things is like in the food industry, the number one thing you have to do is you have to 
give it to people to taste. And so having a flower itself, you can't really sample flour for people to um, eat. And if you sampled it to people who baked, they were a lot of operations in Vancouver were just too busy to take it on. Um, so we basically knew we had to get awareness out there. And so we figured, okay, what's the easiest way that we can test this out um, as cheap as possible? And we figured, all right, farmers markets make sense. Uh, one of our co-founders also worked in a bar that also owned the cafe next door. So we were able to get our start in cafe and farmers market at the same time. And we could start unpackaged because packaging can be a very expensive and also environmentally unfriendly experience, especially if you get it wrong. So that's kind of the big reasons why we went for baked goods um, and cookies. One reason we went for cookies is because it's a bit more of a denser product, uh, a little bit more forgiving. So we were able to iterate off that and then create other baked goods from there. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, the idea of turning beer waste into baked goods is quite a unique and innovative idea. So I can imagine that because of this novelty, there might've been some challenges to pursue such an idea in the current market. Um, so we were wondering what, what were some challenges you faced in starting a sustainable business? And could you speak on other challenges that other businesses might struggle with in pursuing sustainability? Yeah, so sustainability, for one, you have to find another benefit. So people do want to live more sustainable, but it has to fit into their everyday life. So that's the first challenge that everybody should be mindful of. And that's why kind of we have the extra benefit of it's actually good for your health too. And we, we sell on that. Um, because if you're just, if your only selling point is you're more sustainable, um, but you end up being like more expensive and stuff like that, people won't switch to it. Um, so that's probably the biggest challenge that a lot of kind of sustainable businesses that I know of that are really struggling is that that's their only kind of attribute. Um, challenges that we faced. Uh, so when we went to market in farmer's market and started sampling out, we had a delicious tasting product. And so it actually, we were ramping up faster than we could keep up with production, um, which is a good challenge to have. But when you don't have kind of your scalable solution long-term, um, it can be kind of frightening. So we ended up adding a couple people to the team and then we focused on, okay, how do we make this scalable? And the key part was the dehydration. So it's an extremely wet byproduct. You have to dehydrate it to make it shelf stable. And so that was probably our number one challenge. Um, and then as soon as, I guess one of the biggest things people, everybody should learn when getting into business is as soon as you start getting success, other people want a bigger piece of the pie. And so our dehydration, we found a solution. We started um, utilizing them. And after our first like mini contract had finished, they essentially doubled the price on us overnight. Um, so that made it like less feasible. And then we had to try and find other solutions to dry the product as well. Um, so when you're building a business, always find backups before you need to find your backup because you always kind of, you're like, yes, I've solved the problem and you want to be able to rest a little bit, but you almost always need to find a backup. Um, and then the last piece, I guess I'll share that's a challenge is with any business, sustainable, whatever, is getting awareness. Um, in marketing, the awareness part is the most expensive part of your business. I think we've done a fairly good job of this, um, partially because we've kept it local. Um, a lot of people start their businesses and then 
say they're going to service all of North America right off the bat or all of Canada. And I think by staying local and just trying to build the awareness here in Vancouver, um, we're letting the market kind of when they hear about us in different places. So we've had people reach out from Ontario, Alberta and Vancouver Island. And when they reach out to us saying they've heard about us, that's when we are like, oh, okay, we're starting to get awareness in different places and maybe we can start looking at it that way. Um, but if you're trying to force sales on people, it can be a very expensive and exhausting experience. Yeah, you guys got lucky that the beginning of your um, sale production was just fast paced and that you're able to just sell out so fast. I feel like that's a decent problem to have. Um, do you think that kind of promoting your business as a sustainable one kind of strengthened your business or do you think that you found it to be a little bit harder? Um, so I think the number one thing we have is we have a catchy name that like literally communicates sustainability. Um, it can be a tongue twister when people try and say it first, but as soon as they get it, um, it starts to roll forward. So that's kind of a good thing we had going for us is our name and now our slogan communicates sustainability. But I don't think we do, um, I think it's not our only leg that we stand on. And I think that's a big benefit. I think there's a lot of, like people are leery about to over marketing your sustainability. Cause then it's like, are you truly sustainable? Or are you just really trying hard to appear sustainable? Um, and so I think we've strike, struck that balance uh, fairly well in selling on sustainability, but quickly talking about the benefits in it for the customer themselves as well. Right, That's. I think it's good to find a good balance between the two. Do you think there's, can you give some examples of some ways in which other businesses might be able to promote sustainability without making it too much based on sustainability? Yeah, I think the future of marketing is going to be impact marketing. So if you can trans like show transparency in your business and show like really clearly how you're being sustainable, I believe that's going to be the number one way of communicating your sustainability and your impact. Yeah, for sure. I think transparency and sustainability are very crucial for businesses, especially in Vancouver, because there's such a good market for sustainable products. Um, so we know that the pandemic has been difficult for everyone, but businesses included. And businesses and sustainability have been particularly impacted by this, with the zero waste businesses struggling to pursue their zero waste missions. Um, we're wondering if you could provide some insight into how your business or other businesses in sustainability might have been impacted by the pandemic. Um, yeah, so we were selling package free and that is like with safety precautions needed for COVID uh, that did not fly. And so we got hit pretty hard early on. Um, there's also just like every brick and mortar business had to shut down. Uh, small businesses who we were partnered with, some of them shut down, some of them completely changed their businesses because they didn't know what the future would look like. Um, a lot of them like, so one of the things is food waste is big and they have to predict what consumer demand is going to be. And, it, and that's becoming extremely hard. So 
we have to start looking at the balance between food waste and packaging waste and which one's actually more in has a larger environmental impact. And so right now from all the studies we've looked at, it's food waste has a, a larger impact. Um, and then, so then the next step is being mindful of how much packaging we're gonna create. So one of the biggest pivots we've had to do, and that's why I say like, we do baked goods and now baking mixes is because we've pivoted away from baked goods and into baking mixes because of two months into the pandemic, we saw that baking was a big stress reliever. People were making more food at home and baking mixes are a lot more shelf stable. So we basically took, just took our core product and took it back a step and are trying to make it into something that can be entertaining, entertaining and fun and easy to do at home. Um, can be a kid-friendly activity, can get the conversation going about sustainability. Uh, but we're in the like final, final legs of our, of our pivot because we have to make it more accessible as well. Do you think that you'll continue to keep shifting your business in this way? Or do you think that um, once the pandemic sort of calmed down a little bit, you'll sort of regain the ability to not use the same packaging? Um, so what, we're doing two things with our packaging. One, we're going with jarred packaging and partnering with other um, companies. Because I think that's one other thing we learned in the first few years of our business is that packaging, like package waste is a huge issue in and of itself. And food waste is a huge issue in and of itself. And if you start trying to tackle too many big challenges all on your own and yourself, um, it's a quick way to run out of money fast and kind of blow up your business. So before we're, if, if we're not careful, we're going to go out of business before we can truly make an impact. Um, so I do think we are going to move forward with packaging, but at the same time, as we grow, we might then be in a better position to challenge larger competitors to follow our lead. Um, in trying to go back to package free as fast as possible or partnering up with stores like Nata or Jar Delivery or Fulfill Shop. Um, and a lot more have started. So these, these little networks that are working within their communities to go package free. Um, but another big thing we're doing in the background uh, that we don't often talk about because we don't have all the data yet is that we're looking at the impact analysis of okay, jars and glass jars are really taking off, but how many times do we have to use that glass jar um, before it's actually more sustainable than one plastic pouch? Because it takes a lot less resources to make one plastic pouch. Yes, we haven't figured out end of life and there's a terrible recycling rate going on, but if we can increase that recycling rate while producing less and communicate to people okay, if you're going to use the jar, that's great, but then you do have to return the jar and keep it in the system. Because if we're just taking jars and then sending them off to be recycled and recycled into something else, um, our early indication is that the environmental impact is actually worse if we're just using that jar once. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, I shop at a store similar to that idea, which is soap dispensary, which I don't know if you've heard of them, but they also use jars reusable and they expect you to bring them back and keep bringing them back. And I think that that's a great way to 
ensure that you're not wasting an excessive amount of packaging, but at the same time, I guess it's at what cost. So it's interesting that you have to find that balance. Yeah, totally. And then another thing is like, we, during the pandemic, we're using jars and there's a lot of like companies out there that are using jars to be more sustainable. Cause if you're, if you're doing like a liquid product or an oil product, as soon as that oil comes into contact with plastic, it makes it harder to recycle. Um, it's a lot easier to clean that oil off glass. Right. So for us and having a dry good mix, it's like, as soon as people are finished with the package, they could go and it would get, it could get recycled because it's not contaminated as badly. So there's so many other variables to consider that I'll be honest, I didn't know this before I got into the food industry and they really struggle to communicate this. And so that's where we're going to try and use our kind of the, the momentum we've had and sustainability and, and really just communicate honestly and openly about how we are going to keep trying to do the right thing. Uh, bioplastics, I think will be a future, but it's probably about three to five years away from having the proper infrastructure and the proper food safe barriers for it to be um, big in the food industry. So um, yeah, so much movement happening in the space, but it's, I think that's one of the reasons why I find it like really exciting to be working in it right now is because um, I've, I've never been, I've always worked like two jobs at a time or had multiple things on the go. And this is the first time I've ever done something where I'm like, I can fully say that I'm passionate about staying like 100% focused to the cause of what we're doing at Sustainable. That's really cool. Yeah. And you mentioned that um, not a lot of people know about this. I mean, there's a lot of things that you mentioned that I didn't know about um, in the food, in the area of food waste. And with this momentum, are you hoping with your company that you guys can create a public platform that also educates people about the different types of food waste? Um, yep. Yeah. So, and I, and I think we're trying to do it as much as possible with our allies who are fighting packaging waste. So it's, it's building up communities and actually not working competitively right now, because in reality, when you're trying to get started on a like movement, like upcycling, um, it's so new that you shouldn't treat your competition like competition. Like you, you should cooperate to achieve the awareness piece as fast as possible. Once you've achieved that awareness piece and you start moving up kind of this marketing funnel where you start getting into actual like sales because people are so aware and they're like they're ready to make that jump um that's when you start being like okay now we're into like co-opetition so it's like a, a mix of cooperation and competition where you cooperate on some things and then you compete on some things and so this is where i think covid has led to a little bit of a uh, movement forward in the circular economy because people We've had more time to sit at home and, and watch things and see how impactful COVID has been on the environment itself because of our need for like safety uh, on the health side and like just package waste from all the takeout that's been that's been consumed. But it's got the conversation, it's got the awareness piece kind of building quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see as we move forward. Yeah, and I think it's definitely a factor of finding ways to compete with the other businesses so that you guys can 
be stronger, but also find ways to cooperate in ways that will allow, I guess, zero waste and um, lessen the food waste. On that note, our last question is, do you have any advice for those who are th looking to start a business linked to sustainability? Yeah, go visit the Ellen MacArthur Foundation website and like just dive into it. Um, you'll learn a lot about the circular economy. It's probably the best place to learn and like just dive into knowledge uh, in this space. And then the next step is talk to somebody a couple steps ahead. Uh, so like reach out to, and even if it's not the founders of businesses, because um, I, I love to help, but I'm slowly getting busier and busier and um, I'm having less and less time, but honestly, reach out to any employee of the business. Uh, if we can, we usually try and help, um, but it's, it doesn't even have to be reaching out to somebody for a sustainable in sustainability, but reach out to an entrepreneur who started a business in the last few years. Um, Cause the quicker you can learn and avoid making mistakes, uh, the better off you're going to be mistakes cost money, but more importantly, mistakes cost you time. And, and you quickly learn as an entrepreneur that time is time becomes your most important asset or energy. I like to think of energy being the most important asset. Well, thank you, Mark, for um, that advice. It seems like really great advice for anyone um, looking to start a business in sustainable, sustainability. And thank you for speaking up with us today. We really enjoyed learning about sustainable and the positive impact it's making on the food waste movement. And I think it's also very admirable that sustainable, sustainable is able to adapt to the current circumstances without compromising the mission of sustainability and health. And that they're also you know, promoting a zero waste approach, which I think is very relevant right now with Vancouver's plan to ban single use plastics. So um, thank you for joining us today. And that's the end of our podcast. So if you enjoyed this one, make sure to stay tuned for our future podcast episodes where we'll be talking and exploring other issues related to sustainability.